Dear Shooter, Shooting form and discipline is an evolution. Just because something was cutting edge 30 years ago doesn't make it right today. Sometimes you have to throw out the old and learn something new. Upgrade that flip phone, y'all. Of course I'm happy. I'm just checking because I'm like getting the stink eye here. Go do your thing, but get good at your craft first and put your budget to things that really matter for your day. You want to get good at it. And make no mistake about it, that's training. Let's face it, if you have a size 62 waist, you are not as tactical as 5'11 might think you are. <laughs> and we've all seen it. <laughs> Welcome to the Deer Shooter Podcast. I am your host, Jason Crotto. Deer Shooter is brought to you by WyoTac, Empowerment Through Self-Reliance, and Lucid Optics, on target, under budget. All right. Time to buckle up, kiddos, because it's rant day. It's Thursday, and we're getting ready for a weekend. But I think we just had one. It was a really long weekend, but yes, we had one. It it, it was, and I ran into, in the last three days, I have ran into some things that just make me want to pull my hair out. You don't have much hair. Exactly. That's the problem. So... The the first thing that really got my attention, I I had a student on the range yesterday, and we were talking about, you know, reloading from high compressed ready, and he he looks at me and goes, so I've been training with another guy, sheriff's deputy, and he tells me that I should reload in front of my face. His workspace. Yeah, I'm like, and I, and there was that, there was... uh, the other thing that he was teaching him was that he should reholster as quickly as possible. Why? And You're going to shoot your leg off, be, kid. It, well, that was his, that was the thing. He he looks at me. He goes, oh, "Okay, you're teaching me exactly opposite what this guy's teaching me." He says, "The difference is you're telling me why. When I ask him, it's because I told you to." And and what it boils down to, because I had another conversation today about some some training that was actually law enforcement related and again lost my mind of when I find out what's being taught. Well, I, so anytime I hear because I told you to, that is, that is the absolute worst thing you can tell a student as an instructor. And, and as a dad, I've said it, but I, I said it in the context of my daughter's asking me how to build a watch when all she really needs to know is how to tell time and what we're talking about. So because I told you so, it was a valid dad thing to say. As a, as a parent, yes. As a teacher, no. No, agreed. Agreed. Um, it, you know, I but I was I was hearing things like you know temple index, and it, were you in a car? No. Then there's no reason the temple index. Even in a car, you, there's better ways. I mean, you've got one maybe one niche circumstance where temple index is a good thing, or a valid technique. But it just it's just not. And I and I even use this example on the range. It was like two days ago. I was teaching another class, and I'm like, okay, look, just because we, we were talking about the Mozambique drill. And I'm like, all right, look, just because one thing worked for one guy 30 years ago in Zimbabwe 
does not make it a valid training technique. The training techniques were born out of some sort of real-world situation or a, a cop or a guy that had done it for a lot of years and he was comfortable doing it that way. That didn't make it right. Training has evolved since then, and there are reasons for doing the things that we do now. That's right. It's science, bitch. But that, but that kind of led us down the path. I, and, and we were I, I, earlier. I was talking about just the, the institutional doctrine and how it just doesn't change. And a lot of it, 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 it comes down to agencies. I mean, we see this in police agencies. We see it in all kinds of law enforcement from the federal down to the local level. Their their officers are not being taught well because they have not changed their training curriculum in 20, 30 years. And systemically, that's a problem because, you know, they've changed instructors in that time frame. Right. And they're hiring within. Mm-hmm. They and want that's their, the problem. They want their own training their own. And I understand from a political standpoint why that's that way. But you're not accessing contemporary training. They're just not. Right. Well, the other issue that you've got, and, and especially lately, we've seen this over probably the last four or five years, you have this whole defund the police movement. Well, guess what's the first thing to get defunded? Ammunition? <laughs> training. Overall. And it's not just the firearms part of it. It's everything. Um, and, and now you've got very competent people that because of the environment that's been created, they don't want to become officers. If you spent two minutes on YouTube looking at training videos, you will see a gamut of what exactly you're talking about. Um, I watched one this morning, um, and it's one of those slow-motion dumpster fires. I couldn't take my eyes away from it. This guy was teaching people to move. Um, he was talking about lateral movement. And he was doing nothing that was lateral. And it, it, crossing the ankles, he fell down twice, um, but he had happy feet. I mean, he was doing high-stepping knee maneuvers, trying to move two body widths to the right. Was he Russian? He was not. <laughs> he was not. Uh, matter of maybe, fact, I, maybe I, German? I typically, you know, send the link to you and ask him if they're one of yours, but... Yeah. No, this guy was totally uh, standard white boy issue, cracker box trainer. I, would, I was just going to ask you that because I, I, typically you do send those to me and ask if they're one of mine. Um, it, you know, it's, just, it, 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 it's crazy. Uh, just some of the things I've seen just in the last couple of weeks. Um, one of the things that we were, I was talking about with a guy today, he was saying that one of his instructors was teaching the Temple Index. Now, and, okay, and I'm, I, <laughs> I, I have gone through training where the Temple Index was a thing. But in that context, we're in a car, mm-hmm. and I have another passenger in the car helping me fight that fight. Right. So it does mitigate some flagging of the guy that's with you if you index that way. Now, it does create a blindside, and it's horrible for that. And the mantra is get out of the car because it's a bullet magnet. Right. Right. So it's a very limited, very specialized technique. Still has some validity, in my opinion, in a very specific circumstance. But as a on a square box range out of the car, it has no place. Right. And that, that, that's what I was getting out. And that's what it made me just pull my hair out. Now, if I understand everything correctly, that is no longer being taught. But the fact that 
somebody thought that that was valid outside of your very specific context, and I know exactly what you're talking about because I've been through that class, but outside of that very specific context, it doesn't work. Now, and, and, it, and it also creates a safety issue because if somebody does torch off around, you have now endangered people off the range that didn't sign the liability waiver. Gravity works. Yeah. I, you know, that's, that's actually one of my biggest issues with Appleseed. Appleseed? Mm-hmm. All right. So I, I don't have enough experience with the program to understand. I, I love the program, and I, and I will never say you know, anything truly bad about it. Like, I, I love what they do. Uh, the history of it, the shooting part of it, it, it's a great program. What makes me crazy is they insist on muzzle up. Interesting. When, when anytime they are transporting or working with firearms, it's muzzle up. And, and it makes me crazy because I've hosted them a few times, and I absolutely insist to them because I try to explain to them, look, the rules on this range, if you're going to use it, is muzzle down. Well, but that's instructor preference and range preference. Um, I'm not a fan of muzzle up ever. Well, it, it may be range, it may be instructor preference, but it's still range rule. Correct. And if Absolutely you're gonna right. if you are going to teach a class on that range, you need to respect their rules. Agreed. Uh, that's just that's how that works. I don't have no stinking rules. Not on your range. You no, no, not on your range. But I'm got trauma training to shoot next to brandy so we're good i'm not that bad i'm so still if you not get shot it's on purpose i'm not worried about you i'm, I'm worried about the guy next to me i am still not buying you an aed why because she it's on my christmas list i know does not need that level of practice <laughs> no nope. because guess who the crash test dummy is gonna be don't kill somebody just so you can bring them back so you can do it again god you're no fun <laughs> But, okay, so let, let, let's back up a little bit. The, the the holstering as fast as you can. Again, why? That that made me stop in my tracks and turn around and go, excuse me, what? So little st- statistics I know you probably have rolling around in your head. What percentage of firearm accidents happen when you're reholstering? I, I can't give you an exact number, but I'll guarantee you it's high. I mean, most of everything I've ever seen right. was a holster incident. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and, I, and I even talk about that in class, especially like in cooler weather when people are wearing jackets and those, those little bungee thingies that are on the side, those are notorious for finding triggers. Uh, I, I don't know how many pictures and videos that I've seen, and that was the cause of the ND. And I don't believe in an accidental discharge. And I've I've forbidden certain types of holsters on the range because they create that situation that's just unsafe. Right. You're right. It's one of the most dangerous things we do in a firearm situation, even on a controlled range, is mm-hmm. holstering the pistol. Holstering. I I insist to my students, number one, you look it in so that you actually can visually verify that there is nothing that's going to obstruct the gun going into the holster. And I always tell them, go slow. Fact of the matter is, even training defensively, in even in that context, you've just been a gunfight. Whatever you're reholstering the gun. If you're reholstering the gun, the fight's over. There's, there's no need n- for speed. There's no. no reason to go fast. Hmm. I would love to, if anybody out there listening knows why you should holster as fast as possible. I'd love to hear about it. 
the only ones I can I can even see is law enforcement being able to holster quickly without looking. But the fact of the matter is, they're carrying a bucket on their hip for their gun to go into, not not a concealment holster. It's still not a reason to rush. No. Unless they go, unless after the shoot, they're actually in pursuit running after something, but you want to get that gun put away, but you got to go. Well, Well, if you shoot yourself in the leg, you're not running very well, are you? Got to put the tourniquet on first. Well, I mean, you're if still you're not running very well, the only the, the only context I can see is they've gone hands on with the suspect. And they're trying to cuff him, and they need to get the gun out of their hands so that they can run the cuffs. And I holsters mean, with retention, I can see a need to get it there, but still, there's no reason to rush. Right? Uh, yeah, but but like I said, there again though, they're carrying a giant bucket on the side. It's not a super tight, super slim concealment holster. I'll be honest, I struggle with appendix carrying because of that. I mean, I'm a fat kid, and watching it into the holster, there's a lot of stuff i got to push around to get it in there. So it's not comfortable. I, so holstering fast, that'd be bad. Right. I, I always try and look it in, I, and, and, it's, and it's something I've just gotten in the habit of. If I'm not looking at it, I, I, I'll miss it. I, my aim's not that good. When I'm not looking. I have some out-of-the-pants holsters that I can without looking because I've had it forever. But anything inside or something I'm not used to running, I have to actually take my time and slow down and do it. But, but that's back to training, too. I mean, we're talking about rushing the holstering of the pistol. That's just, to me, it's a bad idea. I don't understand why someone would teach that. I don't either. Um but it, it, I will guarantee you it came from an institutional doctrine. It was what they were taught at, at law enforcement academy. Well, institutional doctrine. Um, take you in a different direction real quick. When I started, weaver stance was a thing. Mm-hmm. Everybody taught the weaver stance. Okay, fine. But if, if you are doing strictly marksmanship, weaver stance works well. But we're not talking about marksmanship here. We're talking about life on the streets. Right. It, motion is incredibly difficult from the weaver. You don't get going very fast, and you're not very agile. No. Um, so it, it didn't take me long to adopt an A-frame because it is a superior stance, um, and I can move from it. Right. And, it, and, and if you're training for anything that has any kind of dynamic aspect to it, be that defensive, be that competition— you never really know where your feet are going to end up. So training yourself to put your feet in that weaver stance, in that position, it, it you're handicapping yourself. Well, you are also to engage multiple targets in different angles, too. Mm-hmm. From the A-frame, I can engage 120 degrees pretty easily. Probably. With a weaver stance, I'm sucked down to, what, 80 degrees, maybe 90? If Without lucky, stressing out? It, well, and, and depending on how you turn, you can actually... Throw yourself off balance. Right. And now you've got to take a step. Well, with your age and your knees, you probably have more of 15 degrees. Yeah, I don't move a whole lot. I really don't. You're Rice crispy. I'm getting there. Wow. Just, you're like on a roll being mean. Well, when 25 years ago, I didn't really you know, believe in having a firearm. My hands were good. My feet were better. But today, I'm old and fat. I'm just going to shoot you. Right. And that's, uh, I think we're all kind of getting to that point. But 
Yeah, and and I've had people. I, a few years ago, I had a student that just absolutely could not get out of the habit of blading off. So what I had her do was I said, okay, if you insist on blading, uh, switch your feet. So instead of her right foot to the rear, I forced her to put her left foot backwards. And it was so awkward and uncomfortable for her over the course of an hour, hour and a half, she had she had moved herself back into the neutral stance, that A-frame position. It's a severe, it, it better place to shoot from. It just is. Yeah. But it, it fixed it. Now, I will say that, you know, squaring up to the target, engaging in a fight, um, you have made yourself a pretty big target. You have. But if you look at biology and neuroscience and the way that our brain works when presented with a threat, that's what we do. Oh, the starter reflex squares you right up mm-hmm. every time. And, that's, and, and it's designed to because we need to gather information on that threat and figure out how to deal with it, like right now. Now, granted, this comes back from our caveman days, and normally we were dealing with a bear or a saber-toothed tiger. But it, it, that evolution, that it, it hasn't changed. We're born with that. You can't change that. It is a definite primal reaction that's sure which which makes me laugh when i get guys in class that go i don't i don't flinch everybody flinches why is that a good thing everybody flinches but i know but i always ask them the question i was like why is that a good thing that startle flinch reaction that that you know moving towards a threat you know throwing the hands up in the line of the stimulus why is that a bad thing hey so put them outside let me get in my car and i'll see if they flinch don't flinch at the end of the day, the guys say, I don't flinch. Um, that's ego talking. Oh, it is. And 95% of the time, and you guys can all call me and find me later, but those folks that have the ego to voice it out loud like that have never really been in a fist fight. Everybody flinches. I've had a few that I, I, I do know they have been in several, and they don't flinch. But, but did they win? Yeah. But the thing about it was, when I, when I posed the question, it was, it was a guy in my class, and this is probably six, seven years ago, and he, and he said, I don't flinch. And I, and I looked at him, and I said, okay, so why is that a good thing? And we talked about how we're protecting command and control and how that works in our body and how, what our brain is doing to actually protect us. So when he thought about it in that context and in that way, all of a sudden, his ego got taken out of it, and he thought, huh. So you know what it tells me? If I don't flinch, that tells me you are the aggressor in the fight. Of course you didn't flinch. You started it. The flinch didn't think is about a, that. It's a subconscious reaction to, now I'm in trouble. Yes. It's not even a conscious. Yeah, so if you didn't flinch, you, you were the aggressor. It. I mean, she's got a very valid point she in does. that whole concept. But the flinch also kickstarts your adrenaline system. Right. And anybody that's ever been in a conflict knows you're better with a little bit of that stuff running through you. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's, I mean, we train, we talk about, so we, in the, in, in the, in the IDS program, the intuitive defensive shooting program, which is what, what, what I was teaching this. That's what you're teaching now? That, that, that's what I was teaching yesterday. Okay. Okay. We talk about seven body natural reactions. Okay. Four of these we call observable or external, meaning that they can be observed by somebody else. 
right? We can watch a person do these things. The other three all have to do with blood flow. Now, if you really want to get into the weeds with this, a startle reaction is going to start a chain reaction in your brain, in your body, in your adrenal glands that there's there's 80 different things going on all at once. Anybody else need a beer and a pillow? Yes, I do. Actually, no. But when we talk about these things, we talk about body natural reactions that actually have a direct effect on our training. The adrenaline, we can't, we, we can't really do anything about. Increased heart rate, we really can't do anything about. So all of that is just a really fancy way of saying flinching's okay. Yes. Okay. It is okay. And not only is it okay, it is, it's a good thing. That is our brain trying to protect us. Agreed. So why is, you know, why? Dear shooter, take your freaking ego out of it. Flinching is good. It's, it's a protective measure. Agreed. You're breaking down the super nanoseconds of a conflict. And you're trading in techniques, body postures, ways to react so they can become muscle memory. Right. And you're creating a situation where the student develops the skills, has some muscle memory. So if they ever do get in the conflict, they can manage it and have a high chance of coming out of it. Mm -hmm. That's the point of training. Right. Right now, you and Mr. Rob Pincus have gone to the nth degree and brought neuroscience into it and physiology and blood flow and all that. But it boils down to these are good techniques and they've evolved over time. They have a reason to be here. And you can answer the why. When somebody presents you with the technique and they say, because I told you so. That's not necessarily a why. Thank you. Um, I, I, I. You gotta get, keep my money. I'm gonna leave now. <laughs> That's my response yeah. to an instructor that tells me because I told you so. That's my response to an instructor that when they do the range brief, they don't show me where their med kit is. That too. It's an indicator they don't know what they're doing. Hey, I know an instructor that has a med kit with no gloves in it. Who? What? Who has a what? Who has you a med kit? You know exactly who. No, are you, come are, on. Are, you, are, you, are you talking like a couple of years ago in Nevada? Okay, so I'm that it's talking not a, Reno. It's not a valid med kit then because gloves are a component. Yeah. If it's wet and icky and not yours, you should wear gloves. Hepatitis is a thing. Back to training again. Dude, it's another aspect of shooting. Even if it is icky, wet, and it is yours, put the gloves on anyway just in case. Well, <laughs> what, what am I going to do? Give myself syphilis or what? I mean, I don't know. Now you got an open wound. Someone else with an open wound with, say, HIV that mixes just, just wear. Fair enough. Fair enough. Casualties are dirty. Wear the gloves. Put the wear. gloves in the med kit if they're not there. Right. I, I, I it's like prom night. Put it on. <laughs> <laughs> I make sure that my gloves are the very first thing when you open a med kit. Like that's the first thing you see is gloves. They should be on top. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And you should be putting gloves on when you're walking over assessing the scene. Walking? If you, if you see somebody bleeding and you are walking over them, well, run, whatever. But as you are approaching the scene, you should be putting gloves on. He doesn't run unless he's being chased. <laughs> but I, I live to get him to say, whatever. <laughs> All right. What so, other, what other things have you heard that people are, are are getting taught that are just archaic? 
Let's reload in front of our face. Ooh. So workspace. Workspace. We want to visualize everything we're doing from a dextral right. mindset. Right. It's um, a long time ago that was taught. Yeah. And, 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 I, and I love these guys because they're the same guys that you hit the magazine release and you flip the magazine out of the gun. Guys, um, let, me, let me introduce you to a guy named Sir Isaac Newton. He discovered gravity. Um, if you hold that gun out there and straight up and down and push that button, the magazine falls out on its own. It's kind of cool. If it doesn't, you have to strip it out. Right. But don't flip it out. That takes the gun completely out of index. <laughs> it's, and, well, and, and, and I've watched some of these guys that are big on this flip the magazine out. Have you ever seen where their muzzle goes? That's my point. Uh, it, Into their neighbor. Yeah, typically. Now, we usually see that taught from some of the guys who are high speed from the sandbox. And they came back, and some special forces dude taught them that. And it looks cool on the range. It makes great YouTube videos. And maybe I just suck at it. But it's not a valid practice for me. I don't. I to me, that just complicates the process of reloading the gun, and it and it invites malfunction. Okay, from a malfunction standpoint, what malfunction are you gonna get? I can see like if you get, I I work on dusty, hot, dirty ranges, and if you start getting dirt and and up in your magwell, I can see something getting. Whereas gravity may have just let everything fall free, now you're putting torque on the magazine coming out of the magwell. That makes sense. I, I can see something getting jammed up. It's, it's probably a rare occurrence. It's probably not likely to happen. But why invite it? The grin on Brandy's face is incredibly big. She You've has been jammed. <laughs> Says the woman who runs a Kimber Sapphire. Only like three shots a year. It's not, not like I, I have never put a... Well, okay, I have put a whole magazine through the gun probably once. Now, don't get me wrong. It's a beautiful gun. Yeah, oh, I love it. It's a heck of a piece of jewelry. It is. You shoot it every once in a while so you know you can, but you wear it out to pretty places. And I'm going to throw a shameless plug out there. The Avidity Arms magazine will fit. It will. It will, but it, it hangs funny and it's ugly. It, yeah, but it, you know what? You're in a fight. I'll, I'll take whatever I can get. But now we do. I do want to go test that. I want to see if it'll actually run through it. It, it should. should. It indexes and clicks. Says the man who hates my Kimber. I'm going to shoot your I don't, gun. He I doesn't don't, hate I don't it. hate your Kimber. I love your Kimber, but I give you crap for it just because it's all I've got. Well, and in 15 years of watching pistol courses, I've never seen a 1911 outside a GI model, actually make the day. Well, it's typically because they're shooting forty five and it hurts their hand by 10.30. That's probably valid. But <laughs> so the guy's shooting forty five. get rid of your flip phone. And I was a <laughs> 1911 guy. I carried one for years. I like them. They're slim. They point right for me. Now they will pull your pants down. A well-made forty-five, and I tell you what, I will give it to Springfield. Their EMP series is a beautiful gun, and I I carried one for a while. I I love that gun. I'll tell you who makes a good one is Rock Island. Yep, that's um, off the old GI tooling. It, it, it is, but I, the nineteen eleven. It's classic. It's timeless. It's elegant. It's a it's an amazing gun. 
and I'm going to open controversy here because I know we'll get death threats for it, but Kemper's done an amazing job of making pretty 1911s. They're, they're, they're stellar. In their zeal to make a pretty gun, they over-engineered it, and they brought the tolerance just too tight. Mm-hmm. And Mr. Kalishnikov got it right. There needs to be a little play. Right, right. Well, because the pretty ones aren't really tight. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, God. Wow. She went right there. Wow. I knew a girl like that once. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I need, I need the crickets button because, wow, she just <laughs> deadened the room. <laughs> okay, well, outside that, what else have you seen? So, <laughs> there is, um, I'm, I'm seeing a lot of, Instructor development courses coming out, and I'm seeing a lot of new instructors coming into the field, and I honestly would really like to see a little bit better vetting of instructors because I'm seeing a lot of people who have no business running a range. Well, I would say that a decent shooter doesn't make a good instructor. Agreed. So that, that there's a way to communicate the information so people get it. Well, I'm not even just talking like a decent communicator or a decent shooter. Like, they're neither of them. Um, I actually had an a, a certified instructor, and I'm not going to name the program. I'm not going to, but they had an ND on my range. Negligent discharge mm-hmm. on the line. Mm-hmm. Anything really tricky happening? What's going on here? Uh, they were moving laterally about 10 yards from one barricade to another. Did not put on the safety. So we're running a gun with the safety on it. It's not yes. striker fired. Correct. This was an AR. Oh, it was an AR. Carbine class. This was a carbine class. Worse yet. Um, and in you know not not doing the safety and in... Moving to their trans, they were doing their transition, doing their lateral movement, and fumbling to transition from right shoulder to left shoulder. And indeed, but there's a place to put your finger, right? Yeah, but in this evolution, it sounds like they were really just fumble fucking the carbine until they got to the barricade. They were, and in the process of re gripping. They made the mistake. I believe that's what happened. All right. Now, it's I, usually, what happens? I, I, it was watching, and I, I could not see what was going on with the hands, but the gun went off. I immediately called stop, unload, show clear, go sit down and think about what you've done. Hmm. So this was a recent event? Uh, yes. So a listener out there, he didn't mean to call you out. He didn't mention your name. It wasn't anything personal, but you have to admit, that's a problem. It is a problem, and and where I see the problem in it is the the certification of instructor. Well, all right. So now I'm, I'm less likely to bang on a guy that has a, a certi- instructor certificate um, because there's two types of shooters, right? Um, the one that has had his ND, and one that will. I've had mine, and fortunate enough for me, mine was a very private event. In a very safe circumstance. Mm-hmm. Um, scared the shit out of me. I learned a lot from it. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm hoping that this instructor that you had on your range learned a lot from it. Oh, I hope so too. And and, and I will be fair. Um, what I was teaching that day was relatively high-level stuff. Um, 
I don't know that this person had ever really truly had exposure to it. So the stress of, you know, 14 people over your shoulder watching every move you make and doing performing a skill that you hadn't really been exposed to before, it adds a lot of stress. However, someone who has reached the the level of instructor should be more aware of safety and trigger discipline. I can't agree with you more. I think that's a total fair statement. Um, was this a discipline that he teaches? No. Okay. Well, then fair enough. And, and it, all new territory for him for, to a certain extent. So in a lot of ways, they were the beginner student in that discipline. Agreed. All right. So instructor certificates are one thing. Um, find out what they're in, right? And that's, and, and, and that's why I simply called stop, unload, show clear. Go think about what you've done, and you can join back in the next evolution. All right. You didn't beat on him too bad. But no. My God, he set him in the corner. I did. Are you doing daycare or firearms classes? They're relatively it's, it's, the it's same. Kinda, yeah, it, it, they're related. They really are. You you yell at me because I never pull out my phone and take pictures while I'm teaching on the range. But I've got eight I, like toddlers. You cannot take your eyes off them. Grown as adult toddlers. Yeah. Yes. No, I agree with you completely. I've been on some of the ranges with you while you've taught, and we've had to. One side of the line to the other. We've had to correct some problems. Uh-huh. Well, just keeping him to stay in line between the cones. Like, that's a struggle all day. So are you teaching stay in your lane now? or? I, 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 okay, so I'm going to start my classes now. I'm going to hand everybody a piece of paper and a freaking crayon with a box in it and say stay inside the line. You can't do that for the Marines. They'll eat the crayon. I got it, right? Stick with pencils. <laughs> We'll do we'll do Sharpie. Stay inside the line. Well, they'll no, probably eat no, the Sharpie, toddlers, too. No, toddlers, Sharpies, yeah. not good. <laughs> Stick with pencil. Now, John Wick killed a dude with a pencil, so I don't know if that's a good idea or not. Okay, so these guys aren't that They're equipped. not John Wick. We're gonna They're get, more like... We're going to get the jumbo kindergarten pencil. It'll be fine. What, 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 was the, what was the kid in the first movie that he killed at the end of it? I don't know. I mean, yeah, he was the, the Russian guy's son. Like, that's what... That's what we're talking about. This is true. So we're talking about John Thick, not John Wick. Yeah, there you go. So we talked about Temple Index. We talked about reholstering quickly. We talked. We had. We had an ND. Um, it's all the evolution of training. Though. It, it, it is. Um, but. Where where I kind of lost my mind, especially today. Uh, talking about law enforcement training and some of the things that they're being taught and i know one of the trainers that's going out and they're they're teaching tomorrow and it was well we're going to go qualify and then we're going to spend seven hours on the range and when this instructor said you know okay what what do you want me teaching what are we working on where are we lacking what do we need to work on and he was told by his superior officer i don't know we'll make it up as we go that's a problem. He doesn't know where they are skill-wise. He doesn't know where they are firearms development-wise. And, yeah, he laid that on the instructor. We'll figure it out when we get to the range because he doesn't know. Well, I, I, I finally, like, because I, I, he, he was asking me. He says, you know, I, w- I want to work on firearms manipulation. I want to work on movement. 
what 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 would you do? So I I laid out a couple of drills for him. I said, well, I, I would I would do this and I would do this. And he said, well, I, I I can't do that. I'm like, why why can't you do this? It takes like seven cones. I I don't have cones. And I'm like, oh god. So I walk over to my truck and I give him a stack of cones and I'm like, here. He said, call it a donation. I I mean, this is the and and this is what frustrates me and all of. It, all of you people that know somebody that wants the whole defund the police bullshit, this is the kind of stuff you need to talk to them about. We have police training on ranges, and all they have is broken posts to put their targets on and two freaking barrels to try and do anything with. I will say you need to be a little tactful in your presentation of that conversation because my experience with law enforcement folks, their egos way out front. They carry a gun every day, and they are experts with it they may beep it i'm not talking about they that. qualify twice a year and they shoot marksmanship stuff they don't do manipulation handling or motion i'm not I, i'm not even talking about that i'm talking about the facilities that they have access to to even train on they don't they don't okay fine they don't do the manipulation they don't do the transitions they don't do the movement because they don't have the facilities or the materials to be able to do it with it's a training deficiency it is especially if they're protecting a civilian populace right um the bad guys are training well and, and that's the thing like look the world has stuff in it and if these guys don't have stuff to train with they have no freaking clue what they're doing we talk about this all the time when we talk about when i talk about barricades and i and i keep hammering home people like you got to get back off the barricade right don't hug that thing what was it six years ago five years ago there was the, the police shooting in Dallas. Okay? The reason one of those officers got killed is because he was hugged so tight into his barricade, he had no situational awareness of what was going on around him, and he got flanked. Your cover and concealment has a clock. Well, it has a clock. It also has a blocking of the view. <laughs> Absolutely. So back off of it. But we saw this... Increase in wanting to train, increase in wanting to have the better gear. What year was it when the L.A. shootings happened? And the, the law enforcement was horribly ill-prepared to meet a threat that was prepared. Oh, that was what, early 90s? It was 80-something. 80 80s, 80s? Yeah. Um, and, and that was the spur that kicked law enforcement into almost a paramilitary environment. They went to gear and neglected the training. Mm-hmm. Unless you were a special elite unit like SWAT, right? And they neglected the training. Um, <laughs> you have to train the discipline. I mean, nobody rode a bicycle the first time they got on it. Right. There, I might know a girl that has. No, hey, you don't. Hey, you know what? We, we, we have training wheels for a reason. The girl you know was the town bicycle. Oh, my bad. <laughs> It's a complete difference thing altogether. Okay, context, people, context. <laughs> it's about training and it, practice, it, right? Hey, I, I would say she knows what she's doing. I like to practice. Can't do anything with it, but you know. But you, you're absolutely right. But but my argument to, like I said, you know, if you're going to have this argument, if you know somebody that's this whole, you know, we need to defund the police and we need to do this, it. These guys don't have the budgets and the tools they need to train properly. So and that's saying, part of the problem. You can't defund them. They're already defunded. They're already broke. I mean, that's part of it. 
No, defunding them is a bad idea, flat out. Well, and, and like I said, the first thing that goes is training. And and I will grant this. Like, this is one thing I think that officer training, especially in the firearms portion of it, is horribly deficient. Now, to be fair, I, I know officers that have gone an entire 25, 30-year career and never drawn a firearm. They've never had to use it. Good on them. Exactly. Because they, but, and, and honestly, the shooting part of it is probably, what, 2, 3, 4% of what they do in their duties. Well, that's just because they qualify twice a year. Right. But, but I mean, really, I mean, most officers, they, they, they're probably going to go their entire career and never have to draw their firearm and shoot in anger. Valid. Okay. Most. Not, I mean, not all. So it, the shooting portion of it is such a low percentage of what the job description really is, right? However, when that happens, it is the most critical skill they have to do. They Nothing have else to get matters it right. in that moment. They have to get it right. It pass fail. So the training has to be sufficient, but I do uh, like I do understand and I sympathize with the officers that the training does not get the budget that it should. Couldn't agree with you more. So back to evolution thereof. So we have marksmanship being taught, mm-hmm. and they do a decent job at that. Mm-hmm. But you're not going to stand in front of people and fight. No. That's, that's not, not how it works. That's not how it works. I mean, that's how we defeated the British. Right. They weren't ready for a group that was going to run and hide and catch them on the end. No. We, in, we invented guerrilla warfare. Why did we stop? I don't think we stopped. I think we got complacent and decided it wasn't as important as we thought it should be. Oh, that's right. We have drones now. <laughs> that's because, you know, the children in the basement, they know how to run those. Right. But, so going back to that. Call the duties, not training. Yeah. Sure it is. No. No, it is not. Who do you think's running the drones? She's not wrong. Yeah, but... Uh, I have had more than one guy. They have an A B button and they can respawn. It's a you know, it's their field. I'll adjust my stat. I've had more than ten guys come through the office and tell me that they are an expert sniper and they can't figure out how to zero their rifle. I had I, I when I was doing this carving class last weekend, I had four groups of shooters, and and we were rotating stations, so everybody got to do a little bit of everything. Um, the, my my last group was my elite group, and uh, these guys and I and I know most of the guys that are in this, and I know they're good shooters. Um, we had to have a discussion about height over bore, because they put more holes in my barricades than every other group combined. Did they understand what you were talking about? They did after I chewed their ass. I mean, mechanical offset's a term that I'm finding out a lot of folks don't understand. They don't. But these guys I know do because I know they teach it because where the hell do you think I learned it from? Yeah, that's valid. I mean, if you're running a carbine, it's a real thing. It is. Um, but it, 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 was, it was funny, whatever, because these are my friends, and it was late in the day, and it was fun time. But I still, and, and I will never let them live that down because they know better. And I know they know better because they taught me. But going back to institutional training, 
and we talk about you know we talk about law enforcement, but it's it's the military too. Um, these guys need to. I feel like they really do need to open up to outside instructors, guys that really have made a name for themselves, that know what they're doing, are in the competition world, in the instructing world, and maybe dispel some of these, some of the institutional doctrine that we see that they've been teaching the same thing for 30 years, and maybe that works in a, in a battalion-level army, but it doesn't work in the platoon level, in the team level. Just like anything else, though, tactics evolve, training needs to evolve, skill sets need to advance with it. And if you're just doing the same old stuff you've been doing for 30 years, you're behind the times and you're going to get caught. Well, and that's, and that's our problem. You see that in military and law enforcement both. They're always training for the last fight. They're always training for the last war. Um, we've, we've heard that before. It, it, Reagan was the one, I think, that, that really pushed that it, with his Star Wars program. Now we have the Space Force. We do have Space Force, and I have yet to see a space shuttle door gunner. I need Chewbacca. <laughs> Maybe an Ewok. Those guys were badass. Yeah. You, you, you do good with Ewoks. They're small, cuddly, and will kick your ass. Hey, 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 wait now. now. Can you feed them after midnight? Because they really do kind of look like a gremlin. I That's think a different movie altogether. <laughs> <laughs> I think they can eat after midnight. I think you're good. <laughs> and we have hijacked your podcast. Nah, so. it's all good. But on that note, I'm going to close this out because we've hit the 45-minute mark and people are getting to work and, like, don't want to listen to us anymore. Go get new stuff. Find a new trainer. Well, and, and not just find a new trainer, but find several. Um, don't, don't ever learn everything from one person. Um, don't stop learning. It, it, never stop learning. Uh, any, anytime you look at any of my posts, that's usually in there is never stop learning. Continuing education. That's going to be your friend for life. And keep blaming the gun. Keep blaming the gun. Until next week, you guys stay safe out there.